right, well, good evening. Let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house to worship and to praise you. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, be in our services tonight, speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I do pray that you be with those that are out tonight, Lord, due to vacation and just sickness. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, guide and direct there and be with them. Lord, and uh, we need a special blessing tonight to hear from heaven. And Lord, we ask even now for those that are uh, have been uh, in Hurricane Alley there, Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would take care of the folks there. Lord, that you would comfort them, send the support that's needed. And Lord, we'll praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's uh, turn to page number 251, Near the Cross. Page number 251, Near the Cross.
page number 445, Standing on the Promises. And as uh, Brother Tony always says, you can't sing Standing on the Promises while you're sitting on the premises. So let's all stand and then we'll shake hands after this song.
Christ Congregational, we're going to sing I Love You, Lord. I don't know which page it is, but uh, that's one of my favorite songs or hymns. So let's uh, sing I Love You, Lord. put him on the spot, but I do appreciate his willingness to just go with the punches there. So I do appreciate you being here this evening. I, uh, uh, we're going to continue our study there on David, the character of David. Uh, Lord's been really just dealing with my heart about this subject and this uh, character, David. I said a few weeks ago that God always has a man for his plan. And uh, aren't we thankful for that? But also God always has a, uh, has a uh, man for his plan and a plan for his man. And then we looked at uh, God has, there is a cause worth fighting for. And uh, we need to stand up and fight the good fight and, uh, and for the cause of Christ. I said that David was greatly spoke of uh, from the Lord. The Lord used him in a great way. Uh, 1,127 times he was mentioned in the Bible and that's, uh, that may not seem like a lot, may seem like a lot, but compared to the Apostle Paul, uh, which was mentioned 163 times, God had much to say about the life and character of David. So we're going to look at him again tonight. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter number 17. We're just going to look at one verse tonight. The Lord spoke to my uh, heart about this, this thought, walking by faith or walking by sight. Walking by faith. Or walking by sight. Let me ask you a question. How are you going to live your life? How are you going to live your life? Each one of us has already made a choice. Perhaps we don't even realize that we've even made the choice. But we have. We're either going to live by faith or live by sight. I mean, it's our choice. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. God encourages that which is not of faith is sin. We're to walk as Christians, we're to walk by faith. And uh, in this one scripture here, I believe that we'll see the life of David was a life of faith, that David had a, lived a life of faith. In 1 Samuel chapter number 17, verse 45 is where we're going to be at. And uh, we're going to just look at this verse and see what the Lord has to say. 1 Samuel 17, 45. The Bible says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity to come into your house and open up your word, the bread of life, and Lord, feast on it, 
for just a moment. And Lord, I pray that each person here, Lord, you would speak through their hearts and give them exactly what they need to help them throughout the rest of the week and give us that uh, that boost. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with those that are unable to be here tonight. Lord, that you would uh, just speak to their hearts and be with them as they meditate in your word throughout the week. And God, I pray that you would bring us back uh, next uh, appointed time that we uh, just excited about uh, what you have for us. Lord, I do thank you for what you're going to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David summarized the battle that was about to take place in this verse. He, I mean, he tells it like it is. He was not, uh, this battle was not really a battle about uh, against a little shepherd boy and a giant named Goliath. That wasn't what the battle was about. It, was, it wasn't even a battle between the army of Israel and the Philistine army. It wasn't even that. Uh, though it may have appeared at first glance to be a national conflict, but, uh, and it was represented by two champions, David said this, he said, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and, that, and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Don't you notice carefully God states this for us, how he puts this. He says, Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me. This was the way the giant was coming. He was saying, this is how you're coming. You're coming with uh, all the bells and whistles. You're coming with your machine guns, and you're coming with everything you have. you got everything at your arsenal. You're coming, and uh, he says, you're coming with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. He's saying, everything that uh, a soldier would want, you've got it. But notice here, David says, But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. I have both of these expressions circled and underlined in my scripture and my Bible here. And thou comest to me, and I come to thee. You see, it always has been one way or the other. There's always been a choice. It's never both. We must decide whether we're going to face our problems with a spear and a sword and with, with a shield, or if we're going to face them in the name of the Lord. You see, we're all going to live either by faith or by sight. Let's face it. We're going to live by faith or by sight. We're all going to live by faith or by sight. It goes without saying that the world's way is by sight. You know, they, they look and they say, hey, I can, I can overpower you. I can outscream you. I can outdo this. I can outspend you. I can outanger you. I can outdo all these things. That's the only way those who do not know the Lord operate. They work by sight. They, they say, okay, this is, uh, this is the problem and uh, we can work it out this way, uh, whether it be finances, emotions, or uh, whatever. You name, the, you name the problem and they see a way. They try to find a way by looking looking and figuring out the problem. But can I tell you the Christian way? That which is not of faith is sin. That which is not of faith is sin. Now that was the verse that God spoke to me about calling me to this church because I was living a life by sight. I mean, everything that uh, everything I had everything figured out. I knew my responsibilities. I had everything, uh, everything appearance-wise was exactly in order. I mean, I had it. 
I had it all figured out. And God spoke to my heart that morning doing my devotions, that which is not of faith is sin. And it was like God just grabbed my heart and just squeezed it and said, hey, you need to wake up. It's not about living by sight. It's by living by faith. Living by faith. You see, I believe that the Christian ought to live a life of faith. The faith way is the the Lord's way, the way that the Lord would have us to live our lives. The Lord's way is to trust in Him. That is the faith way. There is one open secret that reveals whether we are living by faith or by sight. The secret is in our prayer life. Our prayer life. No matter what we say about how we are living, we are not living by faith if we don't have a prayer life. Now we say, oh, we say, oh, we, I pray for my food, I do those things. I'm talking about having an intimate relationship with God in our prayer life where we have a special time alone with Him and with just you and Him. I'm telling you, a lot can be revealed by our prayer life. And I, I, I tell you this, I hate to admit it because it, it convicts me, but it's true. I was, I was talking to a young man some time ago. He shared with me his struggle, and it was a personal struggle. He told me that he was struggling uh, as a Christian about making life decisions. And I thought, what job to take, what this, you know, I thought those things. And I asked him what he meant, and he told me that he was trying to decide how he was going to live. I said, well, explain to me what you're talking about. He said, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to live by faith or if I'm not. He says, I, my family lived by faith, and I've seen how it was, and I've seen him have to struggle. And, I, and I, I try to talk to him and witness to him and tell him, I said, I understand that your family lived by faith, and it was, it was a struggle at times, but can I tell you, there's no greater peace and comfort than living by faith. Living by faith. He was honestly admitting the personal struggle that, that takes place in each one of our lives. Do we really want to live by faith or do we want to say, Hey, God, I have to see it first. God, you've got to show it to me on paper and, and, and pencil and paper. I can't do it unless I see it. That's not faith, folks. That's trusting in your own abilities. That's trusting in how you can manage the system. But can I tell you, God can wipe all that away too. You know that once you come to the place where you trust God, everything else is settled. Well, think about this just for a moment. The fact that Goliath was a soldier, was a giant, he was a Philistine, he was the Philistine champion, it did not have anything to do whether David would go down to the valley or not. It had nothing to do with that. It was all dependent on whether or not David was going to trust God. You put the problem, you put the Goliath in your, uh, your circumstance, uh, whether it's a financial issue, uh, uh, a physical issue, a spiritual issue, whatever the giant may be in your life, you put that there and you say, uh, here's my giant. Am I going to trust God and face my giant? Or am I going to try to just figure out how I can get around the giant? God wants us to live by faith. Live by faith. It's all dependent on upon whether or not we are going to trust Him in the matter. The truth is that 
we have one great thing to decide. It is whether we are going to trust God or not. How are, we, how are, you, how are you going to live in your personal life, your family life, your business life? Are you going to live by faith or are you going to live by sight? You see, there is only one way to know Jesus Christ, and that is to completely trust Him. Now we say, oh, I trust God for my salvation. Why can't we trust God with everything else then? I mean, what's the most important thing in this world? Is it your money? Is it your family? Or is it your salvation? If we can trust God with the very most important thing in our lives, our salvation, surely we can trust God with our pocketbooks, with our families, with our businesses, with all those things, with our health. We can trust Him. We can trust Him. By faith, take every need in your life to the Lord. Many people are crushed under the weight that God never intended them to take. You know what God says? Cast all your care upon me, for I care for you. We're to cast our cares upon him. This evening I want to look at three or three or four things here. At, at, at living a life of faith or living a life by sight. Number one, a life by, of faith pleases. It pleases God. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Folks, do you, with that one verse right there should be convicting enough to each one of us that it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must have faith in order to be pleasing to God. The Bible goes on to say, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A life of faith uh, uh, a life lived by faith honors and pleases God. The sight life honors man. Why? Because if we can see it, we can figure out, we can finagle, we can do this. Who is getting the glory for that? We are. And God's not going to share His glory with any person or anything. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that does not necessarily mean that you are living a life of faith. It is possible to know the Lord as Savior and still live a life by sight. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. In this, this, uh, chat, this verse here, the Apostle Paul says, I'm dealing with saved people here. I'm dealing with people that love the Lord or says they're doing. dealing with people who uh, have trusted the Lord for forgiveness of sin. And by faith, they've received the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm dealing with saved people, but some of you are not spiritual. You're carnal. He's saying you're living a life by sight. I want to challenge us, and this is the cream of the crop. This is the Wednesday night group. These are the folks that are here for everything, and I know who the, the audience of our crowd, but I still want to challenge us not to get in our ruts, but to live by faith and not by sight. Now, looking back at 1 Samuel 17, the Philistine had decided how this battle was going to go down, didn't they? The Philistines did. 
by all means, it looks like a certain victory for the Philistines. They said, hey, we've got a man. Oh, I'm telling you, he's 10 foot tall, 9 foot tall, whatever. And he's bigger than any of those Israelites. He's three, four times bigger than any of those Israelites. Now, what are they working by, by sight? They're saying, hey, look, we've got a champion here. There's no way that he can get beat by one of those uh, Israelites. We've got the battle won. They held all Israel, uh, all of Israel at bay by determining how the battle was going to be fought. They said, we're going to choose the biggest, the ugliest, the meanest, the baddest, the strongest, the toughest guy And we want you to do the same. You pick out your champion. You pick out whoever you want. And these two will go at battle. And whoever wins takes all. They determined the rules. It did not sound that bad until the giant stepped out. And Israel started. They saw. They saw with their eyes how big of a man. And how massive of a man. And they all were scared. Why were they scared? Was it because of their faith that it was so strong? No, they were scared because they were living by sight. They were living at, they saw the sight of this man. They were living by sight. Listen to me, when we live by faith, there's no giant too big for us. No giant too big. You see... What made matters worse was Saul had taken on this this philosophy and he's like, okay. He sought the life of sight as well. He thought everyone must be overpowered. If victory was going to be won, it had to be won matching force by force, by sight. Instead of, he forgot about the promises of God. He forgot about uh, trusting in God. He thought this is how it had to be done on the Philistines' terms. You realize what most people have allowed the world to do? We have allowed the world to determine how they are going, how we are going to live our lives. They've allowed the world, we've allowed the world to set the bounds and make the rules for us. Remember, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. The Christian, by the grace of God, is to live a life of faith uh, and not a life by sight. Sadly, many of us use the same foolish tactics that the world uses. However, God's word tells us the weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of our enemies. Our God is almighty and he has proven us Weapons that can be uh, appropriated for by, fi- by faith. And we are to use them by faith. What are those weapons? A prayer life, a, the word of God, and, and trusting in the Lord. A life of faith pleases God. A life by sight doesn't please God. Then number two, a life of faith is precious. A life of faith, you know what? Precious are the death of his saints. You know what? We walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 6, Most men will proclaim every one his own goodness. But a faithful man, who can find? The precious. A man that lives by faith is precious. As Goliath continued his threats, the the search was on. They were looking 
for someone that could champion Israel. They were looking for a man who could go down to the valley and face Goliath. No one could be found. It was not easy to find someone who lives by faith. To all the shame, to all of our shame, we spend so little time with God. We place greater value on lesser things. Most of us take more time getting ourselves together and ready in the morning than we do spending it with God. We must redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. And I'm not trying to sound the alarm because the alarm has already been sounded for years. The Christian life is a life of faith. The reason the entire army of Israel would not move was because they had learned to live by sight. Not by faith. The reason there is so little advancement in in God's work today is that we have lost our sight of the greatness of our God. I mean, we we don't realize and trust that God is able anymore. We've seen God do great and mighty things in the past, but we tend to say, well, can He do it again? Can I tell you a resounding yes, He can? Yes, God can, no matter what the problem may be. See, we we feel often we feel overpowered and overwhelmed and outnumbered, and we wonder what can we do. By faith, we must move forward, press on. The Bible says, "I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus." I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. A life of faith pleases God. A life of faith is precious. But thirdly, a life of faith is protected. There again in our, our scripture in verse 45, it says, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. You think about this. We know the story. David had a little slingshot and five rocks. I've heard many stories about what those five rocks, it wasn't that David was a bad aim. It's because David was going to go after Goliath's brothers. That's what I've always heard. Anybody else ever heard that? He He wasn't intimidated by Goliath or his big brothers. See, he was protected. Why? Because he knew that he was following what God would have him to do. The big guy with all the weapons felt protected. You know, he had the shield, he had the sword, and you know what, he had the confidence. He had everything that you would want going into a battle. However, it was the fellow who walked down in the valley and the strength of the Lord who was protected. Do you know that apart from God, there's no protection? But in the center of God's will, there is safety. If God calls you to the most primitive uh, place among cruel people to serve Him, if it's in the center of God's will, it's safer than sitting under a shade tree on vacation somewhere. Where God guides, He always provides Where God directs, He always protects. I just made that one up. The life of faith protects us. The life of sight endangers us. 
The word of God tells us that David won the victory. This is what he said in Psalm 34 verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked uh, uh, unto him and uh, were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord is round about them that fear him. See, we are trusting God, believing in God, leaning on God, trusting in Him, and fearing Him. And when we do so, the Bible says here, the angels are encamped round about them that fear him. Do you realize that nothing will catch you, what will come to you that catches God by surprise? Everything that you face in this life, God knew it was going to come to pass. God knew it was going to come to pass. God knows what we can handle, God knows what He can handle. See, God says, His angels are encamped round about them that fear Him. Do you know that wherever we go, whatever we do in the name of the Lord, wherever, whatever we attempt to do by God's grace in faith, the Lord promises to be with us. Though He indwells us and will never leave us nor forsake us as Christians, if we live by sight, God will allow us to fail and to fall. It will. He will. You see, there's a difference between a life of faith and a life of sight. We throw ourselves open to every enemy when we try to live by sight. But our God protects us and encamps around about us when we live by faith. Can I tell you, living by faith, there's no, there's no greater peace. There's no greater protection than right there in the center of God's will. See, there's no way under heaven that I can completely trust myself from people or protect myself from people. But God can. David had nothing to worry about. The truth is, is a giant had everything to worry about. Why? Because God was on David's side. Or David was on God's side, better said. You see, a life of faith pleases. A life of faith is precious. A life of faith is protected. But finally, a life of faith is perpetual. Again, there in verse 45, it says, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. God gave David a victory that day that lasted long, long after David was gone. It affected the entire nation of Israel for years to come. It's still today the most talked about battle in history. Say, what do you mean? When we think about a underdog, what do we hear? It's the battle of David and Goliath. It's, it's the battle of David and Goliath. Even the world knows the story of David and Goliath. All because a man 
lived by faith and decided that he wasn't going to live by sight, if he would have lived by sight, you know what? He would have looked at that giant and said, no, there's no way I can do this. But he lived by faith and said, God, God will give me the victory. He says, I'm going to cut your head off and feed it to the the fowls of the air. He had complete confidence not in himself, but in his God. Here's the secret. David did not decide on the day that he fought Goliath that he was going to live by faith. He didn't decide that day, well, I'm going to live by faith. No long before David decided, he purposed in his heart that he was going to live by faith. Notice in 1 Samuel, turn back with me a few verses to verse 37. It says this, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. David did not start living by faith the day he killed Goliath. Why? Because it goes back and says, You know what? I lived by faith back then when I was, in, I was just a little shepherd boy tending my father's sheep. And hey, I lived by faith every day. A life of faith is what we need, folks. We cannot continue to live by sight and expect God's blessings on our lives. You may have a one, one short-term victory after another. You may have won an argument or a fight, but you will face the very same battle again tomorrow. The Christian life requires faith every day. But determined to live a life of faith and doing the will of God will abide forever. David was a giant killer, but more importantly, he lived a life of faith. That's what I remember mostly about David. Yes, he killed Goliath. Yes, he killed, but he was a man of faith. The Bible says there in verse 46, look there. It says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now notice this. Notice, Notice this is really good right here. He says that all the earth may know that there is a man in Israel that can beat anybody up. Is that what he said? No, he said that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He does not say that everyone will know that David is the heavyweight champion of the world. He says that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. The life of faith pleases God, gives honor to God. A life by sight pleases man. It's not whether I'm I am right and you are wrong that matters. It's whether God is glorified that matters. A life of faith is precious. God gave me the responsibility of being the leader, the head of my home, because of the fact that I'm the man. And it's a precious responsibility. It's whether or not the Lord is glorified in my home that matters. Do my children see the Lord in their dad's life? This is what really matters. A life of faith is protected. We can see God's hand of protection when he leads. Folks, I can tell you, 
if God called me to Africa or to uh, you name it, the most dangerous to Afghanistan, if God called me there right now, I can tell you this. Whether I lose my life or not, I'm pr protected in the arms of God. A life of faith is perpetual. It's sometime, it is something that we can pass down to as a godly heritage to our children and to our grandchildren. A life of faith. You know what they can say? Papa was a man of faith. Mama was a, man, a lady of faith, a woman of faith. That is a godly heritage. That's something I want to pass down to my children and my children's children. That's the difference of living a life of faith or life by sight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to challenge you tonight to take the opportunity to say, I want to be, I want to be a woman, I want to be a, a lady, I want to be a man that lives a life of faith. Not by sight. God, help me to live a life of faith. Not by sight. I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to ask to raise a hands tonight, but I'm just going to challenge you as God has spoke to your heart to come as he has spoke to you tonight. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you thank, I thank you for the challenge that you put upon my heart and the challenge I hope that you put upon the hearts of men and women in this room. Lord, I pray that you would do your work, the Holy Spirit work that would convict us and challenge us to to be men and women of faith. Lord, as David is a prime example, a good example of living a life of faith, trusting in you, even when the battle seems uh, unwinnable, Lord, you can give us that victory. Lord, do a great work that only you could get the glory for. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. As Brother Adam begins playing, God has spoke to your heart. I'm going to challenge you to come and find a place at the altar. Only trust him. Only trust him now. Can you say that you trust him completely? I'm talking about with everything you have. God, hear my, my very own life I give to you. Lord, it's yours. I trust you. As you're in an attitude of prayer, I want you to lift up some petitions um, this evening. I want you to remember Brother Greg. Uh, he went to the ER today uh, and found out that he's got pancre uh, pancreatitis. Pancreatitis. And so you remember Brother Greg, it's very painful. And uh, um, you remember Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne during this time. And then also, um, what's that, the man's name? Charlie Shaner. Charlie Shaner, for those that were here many, uh, seven plus years ago. Uh, Charlie Shaner used to be a member of uh, Putnamville. He passed away uh, this week. And uh, I believe Saturday uh, is going to be the funeral services for you that know. Uh, so pray for the Shaner family. I'm not familiar with this family, but you pray for the Shaner family. And uh, during the time of bereavement, and uh, you remember them. Continue to, of course, to remember the Land family and the McGinnis family in time of bereavement. 
And uh, remember the, the Bousmans and the time of uh, they, uh, their union on uh, their marriage on uh, last Friday. Someone else have a prayer request? Yes, Ms. Christie. Dr. Ulmer is um, one of the doctors that works with Ms. Christie, and uh, he had a heart attack today. And uh, so you remember Dr. Ulmer. And then also another doctor, there's uh, three providers there in her office. Um, Dr. Koenig, is, uh, she's got pneumonia, and so Christy is uh, in the office by herself for the next few days. So you remember uh, Dr. Ulmer and Dr. Koenig, and then also remember Ms. Christy as she's uh, picking up a lot of the uh, extra patients and things like that. So you remember these folks in your prayers, if you don't mind. Maybe someone else. Yes. Okay. Okay. Pray for Miss Evelyn's mom. She has a couple unspokens, but also pray for um, uh, the Amoses as they are heading out on a missions trip. Um, be gone for nine or ten days, something like that, and uh, going to Ecuador, I believe, right? And uh, so you pray uh, that, uh, uh, number one, for uh, the Lord to do a great work there, and for, I know, uh, Brother Adam and their desires to see lives changed, souls saved, and so you pray for them that they be able to uh, have good health and be very productive there. Pray for the whole team. And uh, so you remember those, uh, the Amoses in your prayer as they go on this missions trip. All right. Somebody else. Also remember our, uh, of course, the Amoses and then also the Lipperts as they made, uh, made known that they're both expecting. Uh, and so we praise the Lord for uh, that. And you pray for the pregnancies and uh, Lord's will in the, those cases as well. All right, anything else before we go to the Lord? Yes. He's, okay, you remember this man, Karishi? Is that what I remember this man? Uh, uh, I remember one preacher, one guy that I was uh, witnessing to, or actually he was on his deathbed, and he told me, uh, my old pastor and I both, he said, uh, if the Lord chooses to take me, uh, he says, wonderful. He says, if the Lord chooses to leave me here, he says, that's fine too. He says, I'm a winner either way. And that's a wonderful way to look at it. I'm a winner either way. And so you remember these folks in your prayers. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. 
Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity we have, the privilege we have to pray and to lift these petitions up to you. Lord, asking for your will to be done. Lord, and for us to be submissive and obedient to your will. Lord, we ask that you would be with uh, Brother Greg as he's uh, going through a lot of pain with this uh, pancreatitis. Lord, I pray that you would ease his pain. Let the doctors figure out uh, how to or what's causing it or whatever the, the case may be. Lord, I ask that you would uh, be with the Shaner family as uh, in time of bereavement, as a uh, loss of this dear man. Lord, that uh, Lord, we ask that you would comfort them as only you can. Also for um, the McGinnis family and the Land family in this time of bereavement as well. Lord, I thank you for how you've already worked and intervened. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to do so and uh, uh, just work out all the details. And Lord, we'll praise you and uh, glorify you for all that you do in that. Lord, for uh, Miss Christie, as she's filling in the gap there at her job, as Dr. Omer has uh, had a heart attack, and Lord, I ask that you would just be with him, and, and uh, Lord, pray that you would strengthen him and raise him up quickly, and then also for Dr. Koenig, as she's got pneumonia, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, uh, Lord, that you'd be with her as well. Lord, I ask that you be with uh, Miss Evelyn's mama as she's uh, has some unspoken requests. Lord, I pray that you would meet those needs according to your will. And Lord, also for the Amoses as they head out uh, uh, on the, this trip, Lord, for uh, this mission trip for you. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would bless their fruits. And Lord, that uh, many uh, souls would be saved and lives would be changed through the efforts of this team. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless it and use it and uh, multiply your work. And Lord, I ask that you would just uh, be with them as also as uh, during this pregnancy. Lord, that you would, your will would be done. And uh, Lord, also for the Lippert family. Lord, we do praise your holy name for all that you do for us. This uh, car, uh, this this man that uh, uh, that has the cancer, and Lord has his stomach removed. Koreshi, I believe it is, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to use him as you have seen fit to see many Muslims saved, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, see many more saved and, and do a great work in his life. Lord, we do give you all the glory and all the praise that comes from everything that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me give you just a couple announcements as uh, we have uh, an opportunity to take up the offering. Have Brother Ed come up and we'll take up our offering tonight. And I want to remind you that this uh, uh, coming Sunday, Sunday morning, we'll have AM service, okay? And then after the AM service, we're going to have a pitch in dinner. Uh, here on the on the dinner on the grounds, and then a short afternoon service. No PM service this coming Sunday. Uh, we want you to spend time with your family. A lot of people will be out of town, and uh, because of Labor Day, so that's this coming Sunday. And then also this Sunday evening through Wednesday, uh, Brother Brian McBride is going to be at Faith Baptist Church in Cunot, and so uh, I plan to be there. Try to be there Monday. I know uh, I'm going to try to be there Monday and Tuesday, but. Uh, if you could come support that that uh, uh, revival, it'd be wonderful. And then the following Saturday, September the 9th, is our teen activity, the Amazing Race. And those that have signed up to help with that, please see my wife if you need further details. And then the 15th and 16th of September is our men's retreat, Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp. There's a sign-up sheet on the back table. And then... Um, uh, the Seedline Conference is September 17th through the 20th, and uh, uh, you um, plan on being at that conference. All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Brother Tim, sir, would you please ask a blessing?
forward to listening to you, trusting you, living by faith instead of by sight. Lord, just to walk in closer to you so that we can feel your presence every day and seek that guidance from you every day. Lord, we just thank you for how you've blessed us. We thank you for allowing us to give back a portion tonight. Father, we pray that you bless it to your honor and glory. Let's all stand. We'll close in word of prayer. Brother Ed would serve. Would you please close us?